Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Anna. I'm married to Sai, who's the pastor here. Uh, we have four children, ranging from 10 to 16. One girl, three boys. And um, I think Mother's Day has just become bearable in the last year. Before that, it was just like a horrible day. Like your birthday, that was also horrible with small children. All the mums laugh, all the dads are like, what? They don't understand what you're talking about, but you know, they're just, it's like, happy Mother's Day, we're going to torture you all day, is what it's like when you've got small children. Uh, our kids are great, they've brought us lots of joy, loads of sleep deprivation, we sort of came out of sleep deprivation, and now we're heading back into it by, like, the reverse way round, like, they never go to bed, and they never get up, it's, like, really weird, it's all turned on its head. They've brought us lots of worry, um, lots of excitement, lots of laughter, and they have turns our life into absolute chaos. So we're very grateful for them. I also have my own mother here, there. And my mother-in-law was supposed to be here, but she's sick. So hello, Anne. I know she's watching online. I'm really blessed with both my mom, who put up with me, um, but also my mother-in-law, who showed absolute gracious kindness to Simon, who was an absolutely awful teenager and gave her a dreadful time. And she worked in his school as well. Oh, and she just loved him so beautifully. So we're very blessed as a family. You know, I think one of the things that has most struck me in my life is particularly for becoming a mum, actually, is that life is so seasonal, isn't it? Um, the seasons of life are true for men as well, but women's lives seem to be particularly seasonal. Um, each season brings its own joy and its own sorrows, and uh, we're told that in the Bible, in Ecclesiastes, it, it tells us you know, that each season uh, brings different things. And I think it's fair to say that for men and women, the changing of seasons often affects our confidence as we head from one season into another. I know for me that when I had my children, uh, I, I was quite young when I had Elizabeth, I was 23, and I was absolutely sure of how I was going to raise children, as you are at 23. It's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then within 24 hours of being handed a new baby, uh, all that confidence went, and I realized, as did Simon, that we had absolutely no idea what we were going to do with this little baby. Before we had children, we were absolutely sure our children would never sleep in our bed, ever. That would never, ever happen. Um, that they would just go down naturally in the evenings to go to sleep at seven. That would just happen as well. That they would feed every three hours. All those things would happen. And then God, out of his gracious kindness, gave us Elizabeth as our first baby. And she had decided on something different in her life. So within the first 24 hours, actually within the first 10 hours of having at home, she was sleeping in our bed. We never went to sleep. We never slept. She just didn't do sleep. Feeding every three hours, it was more like, yes, you will feed for three hours and stop for three minutes, and then you will feed for three hours. All of that went out the window. I know um, when my children went to school, my youngest one went to school, I'm not, if you know me, you know I'm not a massively sentimental mother, but when my youngest one went to school, I was in honesty, very happy that he'd gone to school. I'm afraid I wasn't the mum that was crying at the gate. I was the one that was like, yes, <laughs> running out of the school gates. But um, it definitely brings you into a new season of life where you've got like just the tiniest bit more freedom and you're able to start thinking about what is this next season of my life going to look like? Having teenagers brings you into a completely different season of life where your confidence is definitely affected because your children tell you 
daily, if not hourly, that you're gross, disgusting, old, you just don't understand anything, you're so thick, how did you get this far in your life with having absolutely no intelligence at all? And I, my, the thing I'm loving at the moment is that James's new name for Simon is Chubby. I love it. So uh, <laughs> he quite often says, says, come on, Chubby, we're going on a run. Cy now can be, is beaten by James in this run that they do. Cy come, <laughs> Cy, James comes running past the back door like, hi, Mum. After doing a 10-mile run, Cy's like collapsing <laughs> about four minutes behind him, like sweating. And it's, it's really good fun to watch. James... Thankfully, he has enough wisdom to know that calling his mother chubby will not go down well. <laughs> he hasn't done that one yet. Uh, and as you sort of look to the future, I realise, you know, that when all my children leave home, I'll enter a new season. My identity will really change. I'll no longer be a mum with little children at home or big children at home. And, you know, I'll have to allow God to shape that season too, to allow it to be a full and fulfilling season. I'm also a practice nurse, which is a nurse that works at a GP practice. Um, please don't shoot me. I just work for them. Um, but I often um, speak to women and men who are really struggling with confidence in the different seasons that their life has brought. You know, for men, uh, very interestingly, often when they become a father, it really affects their confidence. Because one, they watch someone give birth, which is pretty traumatic, I mean, I'd never watched anyone give birth, but I did it, and I can presume it's traumatic to watch. And then, particularly if the mum's breastfeeding, they just feel really helpless, and it can be a really difficult season. For men, going from being a young man to a middle-aged man, middle-aged man to a more mature man, where your body changes, your function changes, the way that your body strength is changes, it's really difficult. And for women, the season of becoming a mother and your body changing so much... Someone once told me you lose a quarter of your brain cells every time you're pregnant. I mean, I was like, that means I'm on zero. That's, like, really bad. But apparently... Which, it's so, I was looking at them thinking, it's a miracle I'm talking to you. Um, but, uh, and the season of menopause can bring about a lot of change in how women feel about themselves and in your confidence. And for women who are unable to become mothers... That also is a desperately painful, difficult season where you, your confidence is affected and the way that we view ourselves is affected. I don't know about you, but I feel every year that I get older, I feel like my wisdom and maturity is going back. I like, it's bizarre, isn't it? You sort of think, when I'm 50, I'll feel really mature, but I think when I'm 50, I think I'm going to feel like I know nothing because all the things that you put your confidence in or that you think you're sure of change so much as you go through your life. Um, recently, I've really been thinking about how in each season of life, the theme can be that actually we have confidence in who we are in God. How do we hold on to that confidence? Because as I observe life, I see that the only stability that we can have in every season of life is having our confidence based in the unchanging, forever true, steadfast and unconditional love of God and his true and unshakable truths and words. Nothing else stays the same in every season of our life. In Philippians 3, Paul, who wrote the book of Philippians, 
talks about when he met with Jesus. He had every reason for confidence in the flesh. He was a super Jew. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was in the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee, which was like a teacher of the law. He really understood the law. He was well-educated, respected. He was so, so fervent for his faith that he persecuted the church. He felt he was pretty blameless. He was absolutely confident in who he was. And then something happened that completely changed everything for him. And that was that he met Jesus. And his life turned upside down. In Philippians 3, verse 7, Paul says this, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So Paul's confidence and boast went from being who he was to being who Jesus is. And he counted everything that in his culture made him a successful, powerful person who people respected as complete loss because of the joy and worth of knowing Jesus. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 1, another book that he wrote, says, let the one who boasts, boast only in the Lord. And he later goes on in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, if you want to read it, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Acts and Romans follow on 1 and 2 Corinthians. In, in chapter 11, you'll find him talking about all the things that he suffered for the church. And he suffered a lot for the church. All the things that he went through. But he said that his confidence and his boast was actually in his weakness. Because when he was weak, then Christ was strong in him. Paul does this amazing transition where he goes from being someone who was absolutely confident in his flesh, which when the Bible talks about your flesh, it's not like talking about your meat, it's talking about your person, how he was absolutely confident in that, how he went from being someone who did everything he could to make himself holy to being someone who boasted in weakness and illness, whose only boast that you read about is that he boasted in the churches that he had built up, nurtured, and loved, and he boasted in how much the people in those churches loved and honoured Jesus. Paul's boast became about Jesus and what Jesus had done for him and through him. His confidence flipped from being someone who was confident in things that could change to being confident in things that cannot change. Jesus, the one true God, our Messiah, who loves us with an everlasting, unconditional love. His love for us will never change. And you cannot say that about any other relationship in your life. Our love shifts and changes, but God's love for us never changes. Our confidence can be in the worth of knowing him in every season of our life, whether you feel you're worth anything or not. Our confidence and boast can be that Jesus loves us, that he gave his life for us, and that he chooses the weak and broken things of this world for his kingdom. In Jeremiah 9, we read this beautiful um, verse. Don't you like the PowerPoint? I found that myself, and I did that. I didn't make it look pretty, but I, I was so proud of it. Anyway, um, it's, it's beautiful. Um, 
Erwin nearly cried when he saw it, but never mind. It's okay. It says, uh, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his mind. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Our confidence and our boast is to be in that we know God, that we're trying to understand him. And we're told in the New Testament as well that our boast can be in what Jesus has done for us and in the amazing truth that when we know and love Jesus, that his power is working through us in every season of our life. If you're in a good season, you probably feel that more. If you're in a bad season, Jesus' power is still working through you, even though it's a difficult season of your life. We're all so different, aren't we? Some of us are introverts. Obviously, that's me. I'm a total introvert. Um, Some of us are extroverts. That's Simon. Some of us are um, really quite physically competent. Some of us aren't. Do you know, I can still not do a cartwheel or a forward whirl. All my friends at school would be like flicking across the field looking lovely, and I was like just doing like a bunny hop. It was dreadful. Um, Some of us are really outgoing. Some of us really hate public speaking. Some of us, when we had our children, found that we were quite natural mothers. Other people had to learn how to be a mum a bit more, and it come naturally. You know, some people really know what they're doing in their life. They understand their role and position in life, and they're really comfortable in that. Other people don't. Some of people are timid. Some people are naturally more confident. But actually, when we know and love Jesus, our confidence can be based on the truth of who God says he is and in his love for us. So that leaves the question, doesn't it, of how do we get this confidence and security in our life? And how do we hold on to it in every season of our life? In good seasons, it's easier to hold on to than in more difficult seasons. Well, let's read together. We're going to look in Luke 8. If you don't have a Bible... Smile at the person next to you who does and move next to them. Don't lick them, but just be near them. Are you ready? We'll start in verse 40. It says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Of course, because everywhere Jesus went, people were healed, and he told amazing parables. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed all around him, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and although she had spent, and she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind Jesus and she touched just the edge of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus said, who is it that touched me? And everybody, it wasn't me. And then Peter says, Jesus, you're crazy. There's loads of people touching you. But Jesus said to Peter, actually, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when this woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, 
Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And then we read that someone comes to Jairus and says, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's died. Jesus goes to her house and raises her from the dead. And then you have this little verse at the end, which always makes me chuckle. And her parents were amazed. Because often people do not rise from the dead. I don't know if you've discovered that. But that was what happened. In these testimonies, you have two very different people. You've got Jairus, rich, ruler of a synagogue, right at the top of society, very well respected. Do you notice he got straight to Jesus, which meant the crowds parted for him? Then you have timid lady, hidden, one of the crowd, didn't want anyone to know it was her. She was poor, she was sick, she was desperate, and she was someone that people would call a nobody. I really hate that phrase, it's not true about anybody, but that's what people would have said. It's amazing, isn't it, that both of these people, despite the fact that in their way of life, their confidence came from different things, or lack of confidence came from different things. They both were in the same position. They needed Jesus to intervene in their lives. They needed the power of Jesus in their lives. And how did Jesus respond to both these people? Well, he brought comfort, healing, and peace. For both these people, their confidence in human ability, the doctors to heal, the doctor to raise the daughter from the dead, the money that they had, all of those boasts meant nothing when they encountered Jesus. So how did they encounter Jesus? Well, all of them were brought to a place of humility on their knees before Jesus, weren't they? Jairus, we read, comes straight up to Jesus and falls at Jesus' feet. Actually, isn't that amazing? A very well-respected man of the synagogue, Jesus was a very controversial person, He humbled himself and was willing to lose all of the respect of his peers to fall down before Jesus' feet. Then the lady, she came up behind Jesus, didn't even want Jesus to see her, to know what she was doing, and she just touched the edge of his garment. And then eventually, when she realized she wasn't going to get away with it, she fell in front of him, and he picked her out of the crowd and honored her. Do you notice Jesus' response? Jesus didn't rank these people in importance. He didn't say, you're rich and worthy, you're poor and unworthy. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and the lady he healed, and he honoured her publicly. You know, we're all uniquely made. Of course we are. That's why each life is so precious. That's why murder is wrong, is because each Life is so precious. There's nobody like you. But actually, we are all the same as well. We all need the loving, gracious kindness of Jesus. We all need his forgiveness. And we all need his grace. We all need his love and his freedom. And each one of us needs to find our confidence and purpose of being in him, in his power, in his love, in his unchanging character. You know, as we fall before Jesus and we lay down our confidence in ourselves or our lack of confidence in ourselves, don't be fooled in thinking, no, I'm an underconfident person. So, you know, uh, actually underconfidence can stop you coming before Jesus as well. As we lay both of those things down and we humble ourselves before God, when we confess 
our weakness, our inability to live a life that pleases God, our inability to heal ourselves. And as we ask for forgiveness and healing, God takes our life and he places us in a secure and confident place. We're told in 1 John 3 verse 1, this amazing truth, that we become the children of God. We, if you've been brought up in a Christian family, you take that for granted, but actually you have become, if you know and love Jesus, a child of the almighty God who created everything and who can stop your life whenever he feels like it. He, you are his child. He loves you. He didn't say, you can come and be my servant, you can be my slave, and you can hope that you're going to live a life that pleases me. He didn't do that. He makes us his son and his daughter, and we get seated up with him in the heavenly realms. It's amazing, isn't it, that that's the truth of what God does for us. We then have our confidence, not in who we are as a person, but actually in the fact that our standing before God is that we are his child, and he loves us. If you're a mum in this room, you know you love your children with a love that is unexplainable, you do anything for your children. Sometimes you have to watch yourself that you're not making your children's life so easy that they don't have to fight for it. That's the thing of being a mum. But God loves us with a perfect, perfect love. In my previous sermon, I read Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14. And I want to read it again because I keep hearing um, this all over uh, everything, actually, about what is the purpose of our being? Do you not hear that all the time in our society, that cry? Why am I here? What is the point of life? It's why so many of our young people are struggling. It's because they don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here. So what is the point of life? But we know who we are. This is what the Bible tells us. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. We have a purpose to our lives. When we give our life to Jesus, when we humble ourselves before him, when we recognize that we are not enough, we need Jesus in our life. We need to be in good relationship with the creator God who made us. We need to understand our purpose of being. No one in this life has ever lived a perfect life by our own standards, let alone than by God's standards, other than Jesus himself when he was here on earth. And his power works through our weakness. He delights in us. The love of God gives us confidence. Whatever season you are in, actually we have confidence in the unchanging, unconditional love of God. God. As we kneel before our heavenly Father, we know our place. Our place is that we live to serve and honour the God who has given us life and life in all of its fullness. You know, the story of Jairus and the woman is so beautiful because it shows that Jesus is a kind and gracious saviour who shows no favouritism. If you feel you've come here today and you think, I know who I am, I'm confident, I'm secure, actually, it doesn't change the fact that you need Jesus. 
If you've come here today and you feel, I am unworthy, I am horrible, I am dirty, I have loads of things wrong in my life, I want to hide in a crowd because I never want anyone to see me for what I am. You need the love of Jesus in your life. Actually, the Bible tells us that God wants a relationship with each one of us. He's waiting for you to come and bow before him in humility to recognize that Jesus is your savior, that he died in your place and he rose again, defeating death, which is the cost of our wrongdoing, is that it separates us from our heavenly father, the perfect God with no sin anywhere near him, cannot have people full of sin in his presence. That's why he sent Jesus, the perfect savior who died for us, He died in our place. Because of him, we can approach God. Um, I'd love the band to come back up. You know, as people here who know and love Jesus, our energy and thoughts are are to be given to building our confidence in who we are in Jesus. And then out of our humility before him, God himself gives us confidence in every season of our life. We're going to have another song of worship, but actually I really um, just felt that I wanted to specifically pray for three groups of people. Um, Firstly, I felt there's people here that you have never bowed before Jesus. You've never accepted him as the king of your life. Actually, I feel there's people here that you know what Jesus has done for you, but you will not bow before him. And the crazy thing is you don't have any confidence in yourself anyway. You're sort of in a catch-22 thing where you won't bow, but you also know you're not enough. I'd love to pray with you this morning. The Bible's very clear. The gospel message is this, the good news message. Jesus died in our place for our wrongdoings, and he rose again showing that the power of death has been defeated. And all he asks you to do is to recognize who he is, to come before him, to say sorry for the fact that you've lived your life ignoring the one who created you, the one who sent his son for you, that he is the one who can forgive you for your wrongdoings. And that actually to recognize who he is and to say, I am no longer going to live my life for myself. I'm going to live my life with Jesus as the king of my life. He's going to tell me how I live my life and I'm going to submit myself before him and humble myself to live the life that he's asked me to. So I want to pray for those people now, if that's all right. So if we all just close our eyes. If that's you, if you just follow me in this prayer and then grab me afterwards and um, I can talk to you some more. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the saviour. You are the one who came and died in my place, that when you died on the cross, you took my punishment for all the things that I've done that are wrong. I'm so sorry that I have lived my life ignoring you. I'm so sorry for all the things that I have done that have hurt you, that have offended you, that have led you to the cross. I pray that you would take my life, that I would live for you, and I would be a servant of Jesus, knowing that you see me as your precious child. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If that was you, come forward um, and find me at the end. I'd love to pray with you or sigh at the front here.
I also feel there's people here, I think specifically women, but maybe a few men as well, who you've lost your confidence completely. And the Holy Spirit just wants to remind you of your identity and purpose in God, that in every season, you are his precious child and he loves you. And actually, it doesn't matter whether this is a season where you can do a lot or you can do a little. Actually, God loves you and he wants to remind you of who you are. But shall we worship?